I'm not a queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why Not? A Queer Podcast. Episode 55. You know, if we were a speed limit, mm-hmm. and Van Halen just couldn't drive us right now. No, no. That, I mean, no one could now. They could back in the 80s, back when the speed limit was 55. And I know that because there were signs everywhere that said, drive 55, arrive alive. Yeah. Yeah. Except the one that said, I can't drive 55. Which one was that? Van Halen. That was the oh, mm. It was the whole point of what I said. Yeah, I don't know her. <laughs> You're old enough to know them. Yeah, I didn't listen to the hair bands of the 80s. I listened to the divas of the 80s. Ask yeah. me anything about uh, Whitney Houston or Bette Midler or... Come on, you didn't listen... You didn't like... I mean, every they all had like a good song. Uh, Quiet Riot sang um, Winners Take All. That was a really good one. Mm. Not to be confused with Winner Takes It All by ABBA. Totally mm. different genres. Um, Poison. Um, that was the Every Rose Has a Thorn, right? I know that one. Yeah, that was Poison, wasn't it? I think so. But they also say, oh, like, look what the cat dragged in. That was a big one. Mm. Um, Twisted Sister. I can't remember any of their songs, except for the, all I remember is in the video, the guy would would stand up and say, what do you want to do with your life? And the kid would yell, I want to rock. Oh, that was uh, when that, that was uh, we're twist- not going to take it anymore. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was Twisted Sister. Yeah, and um, oh Europe, Carrie, no, no, big hair. God, the eighties had big hair. I remember Bon Jovi. I was a Bon Jovi fan. Bon Jovi had big hair. Yeah, not like Miley Cyrus big hair at the Grammys, but they had big hair. I am well. Bon Jovi <laughs> was uh the recipient of like some um charity award like he did the best grammy charity or something so i'm guessing her hair was an homage to him for his, <laughs> for his wedding. i don't think that her dance moves were though no that was definitely channeling tina turner or attempting to i'm a big fan of of miley cyrus i took my uh yeah. i took my niece to see her in concert when it was completely age inappropriate for her to go yeah and um i really enjoyed it always been a big fan I just want to say, though, she had some crazy eyes last night. She was, I can neither confirm nor deny, allegedly. I have no uh, basis of this. But I feel like she probably enjoyed herself before the show, whether it was through liquid (laughs) or pill form or something. She was just on, maybe she was just high on life, but she was high on something. She was high on winning a Grammy. I'll give you that. I didn't even realize that was the first time she'd won a Grammy. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too. Yeah, but she won, too. And for a good song. I love the song. Flowers is an awesome song. Yeah, I do love that song. Uh, and it is so, like, once when you hear it, it, like, when I hear it, it's in my head all day. Yeah. And then I start narrating my life to that. Life. You know the story of Flowers, or the alleged story? I've heard it. I haven't played them back-to-back, though, but I've heard it. It's a, it's a conversation. It Basically, the two songs are talking to each other. Yeah. It's, yeah. But for those who don't know, Bruno Mars' song... Um, what was the I, name I should have brought you flowers. Yeah, the one. Um, yeah, I forget the name of the song, but yeah, it starts out. I should have brought you flowers. Apparently, that is her response. When I was song your man, is, maybe is that it? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, allegedly, I don't know. I wasn't at the wedding, so I don't know. But apparently, the on again, off again. Her and Liam Hemsworth, uh, when they were on again and they were getting married, he I guess dedicated this song to her as a way of you know saying you know I want to be with you forever and I'm sorry I left you or whatever. And um, just 
<laughs> to say I should have brought you flowers. Yeah, I guess I should have brought you flowers. <laughs> and she said, I can buy my own damn flowers. Um, so the whole song is a response to that song. Yeah, because it's like, I should I should have brought you flowers. I should have held your hand. Yeah. So uh, it's Talk very interesting. But in the video, when she's dancing out of the house, she's in that long gown, that white gown. It's the same gown that Jennifer Lawrence wore to some award show. And it was rumored that the marriage broke up because he was having an affair with Jennifer Lawrence. So it's a vi- if watch the video, see them back to back, or listen to both songs. Uh, it's Well, I'm a Jennifer Lawrence it's fan, spicy. and she says it didn't happen. She mm. says they kissed once, I think, after they broke up. And she'd have no reason to lie. <laughs> she doesn't strike me as somebody who would lie. I think if she banged him, she'd be like, yeah, I banged the Hemsworth. I mean, the same thing is said of why Chris Pratt and Anna Faris got a divorce because she cheated with Chris Pratt cheated with Jennifer Lawrence when they were filming Passengers. I'm just saying. Well, what else are they going to do? They're on that spaceship for years. They had to do something. You know that wasn't a documentary, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. If the bear is a comedy, then Passengers can be. It. That's true. <laughs> I told somebody this weekend that I was going to work my disdain for the bear in to every podcast for the rest of the year. Yeah. So far, so good. I got to say. I don't know. I don't, I don't have disdain for the bear, but we all know. I just don't think it should I was just going to say, yeah, you absolutely should watch. I watched a few more episodes, and it's a good show. Yeah. Definitely not a comedy. No. But it is a good show. Don't let the Academy or the producers want for Emmys and Golden Globes deter you from actually watching a show because it's pretty good. Should we talk about shows that we watch that we're not going to cover because they're not really part of our theme, but we've been watching them? I was like, I'm I was sure if you want to bring up shows you watch, <laughs> I have too much to talk about of things that I did this week, so I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it in my week, so we're going to bring it up now. But we were, when we talked about the Emmys, we talked about how Beef was, um, like Beef won all these awards. Yes. Yeah. Like everything that it could win for a uh, miniseries, yes. it won. So I watched it. Holy shit, it's so good. That's what I've heard. I haven't watched it yet. God, you should watch it. Just, I, it's on my list. It's so interesting because it makes me think while I'm driving. Like, I mean, there it. It's all based on a real incident. None of the story is, but it's all based like the the guy who wrote it um, got into a road rage incident with somebody, and it inspired him to write this show, which is which starts off as this really sort of inane road rage moment that escalates and then escalates and, and it just keeps going and going to into the absurd but it happens so incrementally that you can see how it would get there so um it just sort of reminds me one time i was um i think i was going to like a pride event or something and you know like where the um, where the eon is right there at like eola mm-hmm. and there's the eon and there's that parking lot that's for the eon but there used to be a, a panera bread there mm-hmm. so if you pulled into that parking lot and there was no parking really all you could do is just back out right Correct. and so and onto a major road and so i got i went in there and there was no parking spaces so i put my car in reverse still had the brakes on just put it in reverse and the car there was a car that i pulled in behind me that i hadn't really noticed yet and the guy started honking his horn and he waves his hand at me like like what the hell man and so I just, I don't know, something snapped in me. And I was like, I did it because I wasn't doing anything. So I just started acting crazy. I was like, I can out crazy this guy. And so I just started flailing my arms around. I'm like, oh, like, and the guy was like beelined out of there. And I thought, 
like how crazy that that could end up like in like escalating into some kind of a moment because then you know when you want when you start the one up game you just don't give up until you start murdering people apparently no just kidding mm-hmm. spoiler alert for those who haven't seen beef yet yeah um it's interesting it's fascinating i just love it i really love the movie and then like steven young is that his name who was in it he yeah. sings uh, Amazing Grace in it, and I had to look it up because it was so pretty, and I was like, it kind of sounds like that's him, and I looked it up, and it is. Oh, good for him. Got a little singing voice on him. Did you watch SNL? I didn't. I saw a couple clips on TikTok. Um, I got to be honest, it's very hard for me to sit down and watch an episode of SNL because the last couple that I've watched are very boring, and it just it's it doesn't hold my interest anymore. It is a failure of a show. There is, you know how like sometimes, you know, like there's like a mega, there's like a mega star on it. Yeah. And then everybody else is just kind of eh characters. And then like that mega star goes off to do whatever. And then like somebody else steps up. Yeah. Well, it seems like they're trying to make this one cast member a mega star. And I'm just not a fan. I forget her name, but I mean, and that tell you something. (laughs) But she, she, uh, I just remember in the, in like the monologue not this last one but i think the one before they had some people in the audience stand up to ask questions and the you know how when the cast members act yeah. like the people asking questions and she stood up to ask a question and nobody clapped and she was like excuse me you can clap or something like oh i hate that so much but it just was like ugh. yeah uh, the prior to this one um, i might watch this one because i like um uh ao from uh, uh the bear uh, who hosts it. And and that's the thing with SNL is it really depends on who the host is. If you like the host and you like that actor or actress or sports figure or politician, whoever's on there, um, you're more likely to probably like that episode. But the last two, and I love Jacob Elordi. I think he's very handsome. I liked him in Saltburn. He is not very good at the live improv what SNL does. He was very dry and very dull. And then they followed that up with uh, Don Johnson's daughter. <laughs> oh yeah, um, she wasn't very. I didn't who enjoy is that also very much. not a good Dakota actress Johnson? in my opinion. Dakota Johnson. I don't find her to be a very entertaining actress. Um, so back. She's to, your Kristen Stewart. She is my. I think we mentioned <laughs> that last episode. Um, but back to back with that, it just, I was like, I'm gonna have to take a break from SNL. We're on a break. So. I'm a fan. I will watch all the episodes. I love Weekend Update. And and sometimes like sometimes when they're trying to find their footing, there will be a, a thing that's like really hilarious. And they're usually like like friends gatherings in the living room. Yeah. Uh, and they're just kind of crazy dumb and I love them. So I watch them all. But she um AO said something. It was I think it was in a skit. I I I don't really remember exactly the context of it, but I just caught it because I know like I keep saying how much I don't like that the bear won all those awards for comedy. Yeah. And and some side side comment that, that she made as a character and something said was making fun of like podcasters <laughs> who don't know what they're saying. Or, or, you know, but I think she was saying something like, you know, a 24 year old podcaster who doesn't know anything about life and goes on about something. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that one hits close to home. She couldn't be talking about me because I'm 49. Um, but I just wanted to say, AO, if you're listening, I think you're fantastic. I loved you in Bottoms. I think that's one of the 
funniest movies. It's going to be a cult classic. That was the best dramatic thriller I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, it's just, I don't think the bear should be in comedy categories. It's a yeah. great show. You're great. I think she is. Uh, her her mono is kind of fun. She also, though, like, you know how they read cue cards a lot? Yeah. Yeah, she was she was definitely reading cue cards. I think that Emma Stone and Adam Driver have ruined it for a lot of hosts because yeah. they're so good at it. Yeah, yeah. As uh, uh, as Phoebe says, um, we're up here. Join us, won't you? They're, they're, they've stepped their game up. Need you two also. <laughs> Dakota Johnson. Maybe take an acting class or something. Um, nepotism does not give you talent, so I need you to <laughs> I need you to learn to act before Daddy gets you a job. Don't don't at me. I yeah. <laughs> Dakota Johnson fans. Hey, listen, my dad, our, our 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 fathers did not get us this gig, so don't yell at us. My father, <laughs> well, my father's not alive, but when he was alive, he did not podcast. So <laughs> we built this on our own. Is it obvious that mine didn't either? <clears throat> We just discovered this talent <laughs> out of nowhere, out of nowhere. So I'm also watching this, and I'm going to point this out, because you should watch this, and we should talk about this oh, someday. do another show? I started watching True Detective. This, De- this is coming out of the Capote time. <laughs> <laughs> what show are you watching? Uh, what if we treated each other like they do in Capote? I like also, you said, it's what if Capote. I, I don't know why I said the Capote time. <laughs> if, if I said, like, remember when I said Batman wasn't a real superhero because he didn't have, you know, superhuman powers. He just mm-hmm. had gadgets. What if he just walked over and punched me in the face? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so uh, I started watching True Detective. Oh, my God. So good. I'm watching it. Are you watching yes. it? How many episodes are you in? Oh, uh, there's only there's only three or four, but I'm only two in. Yeah, I'm two yeah. in. Wow. Yeah. I really like her. I love, okay, um, Jodie Foster, I don't think there's any argument that she's one of the greatest uh, American actresses of our time. Um, but did you watch any of the other previous seasons of True Mm-mm. Detective? Well, I watched the first one, yeah. like three or four episodes, but I, I just couldn't get into it. No. The first one is great. Um, and then the other two are just kind of okay, but they're very grounded. Um, this one, it seems very not grounded. I don't want to give a lot away because it's still going on. So if you haven't watched it, get caught up on it. Um, but Jodie Foster's a lesbian, so maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, she's um, yeah, she's a lesbian, and her daughter is in the in the show. Her daughter's a lesbian. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love the direction they're going with this season. It really makes me want to want to investigate like the culture more and that kind of stuff. I will say this about the show, and I, I said this like four times watching the first episode. There is. I don't, you ever feel like you go to a show, or you see a show, or you go see a concert or something, and you feel like you you walked into the last thirty minutes of a party? Yeah, this show is all all they do in the first episode is talk about the backstory. Yeah, it's and the, the other the other seasons are the same way. Um, the sorry, Caitlin was cracking her knuckles uh, like for like three minutes. Like Doc March, <laughs> I was like, my God, it's so distracting. So um, anyway, there's so much backstory. Yes, and that, that's how the the other seasons are. It's a lot of like they just jump into it, and then there's a lot of flashbacks okay. and stuff. So it's just kind of the motif. It reminded of, uh, me of our first podcast where we're like, we're going to talk about this later. Or, oh, you yeah. know, it's kind of like <laughs> like oh, I don't like my father, and we'll talk about why in four more episodes. <laughs> 
keeps them listening. Keeps them. Keeps them. I uh, think she is so talented. Oh my god! I, I, it was Nyad that flipped the switch for me. I I can't say that I did I, that I ever disliked her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just always seemed to be so serious. I think not that this character is like hearted, yeah. but she. Um, you know what? It was Silence of the Lambs. We all we talked about how like if I if, like I'll get fixated on something and it'll make me feel a certain way about a show. Yeah. Like if I feel like they're not filming it in an air conditioned room, but um, her like seeing Silence of the Lambs on the big screen was so distracting for me because like her jaw was so strikingly prominent and it took the whole screen and I was because they do such close-ups it's just her lips and her jaw and I was like for whatever reason that just made me feel a certain way about about her but I think she is so talented and I would I could watch I'm sad this is only six episodes this season I could watch years of it my introduction to Jodie Foster other than Silence of the Lambs but I think I might have seen this before Silence of the Lambs because obviously I was a little young to see it when it first came out but um my dad um, this was before um, uh, Mel Gibson became <laughs> as anti-Semitic as he is. Uh, but he was, during the 90s, my dad loved Mel Gibson. And he did a movie with Jodie Foster called Maverick. And that was one of the first movies I saw. And I love her in Maverick. And she's, and you're right. There's a lot of, a lot of what Jodie Foster does is very serious. Well, like the accused. Acting, yeah. Um, but she Nell. was having so much fun. Tay-Tay in the Wind. Making the movie. And, that, and even though this is a serious show. Chickapee. Um, it... It um, it feels like she's having fun on screen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I love Jodie Foster. And Silence Lambs is one of the greatest movies ever made, and I love it. So I watch that at least nine or ten times a year. Yeah? Yeah. I love it. It is a – I don't remember – I, I, I sh- there's a just a list of movies I should go back and watch because I've discovered at different points in my life I feel different about movies, uh, and I'd probably really like it now. Yeah, I just don't like you know I tell you this that I don't like I don't like anything that is remotely scary and and even a little bit of a way. In fact, after, during that first episode of True Detective, I was like, Mm-mm, I'm gonna turn this off. I gotta go to bed after this. I'll I'll be up all night. Um, but no, it was actually I really dig it. I, I'm very interested to see how it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one, and then once it wraps up, we'll talk about it. Um, oh, I heard a story. We don't really talk about news, but did you hear what happened in Puerto Vallarta over the weekend? Chris mentioned something, yes. Um, a a in unfortunate <laughs> fecal incident. <laughs> it's So there's, like, a big gay bear party going on in Puerto Vallarta, mm-hmm. and apparently one of the bears took a dump in the pool. Mm. And they had to, um, they had to clear it out, uh, shock it. And I got sent a picture. I guess the DJ had to put up on his big um, LED screen that the pool is clean. You can come back in, which answers the age-old question: Does a bear shit in a pool? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he he does. There's um, a bear yeah. that dude, I don't know. I'm not gonna say his name, but there's a a local bear. That um, instead of saying that, you know that phrase, does a bear shit in the woods? Um, Jen and I always say, does this person shit in the woods? <laughs> Makes us laugh. Makes great for great, great, great for podcasting there to tell a vague story. <laughs> so what did you do this week? Um, this week, I actually had uh, on Saturday went to a very nice um, brunch. It was the Love Out Loud brunch uh, that uh, Pineapple Healthcare and Jack and Honey's were doing. Have you been to Jack and Honey's yet? Oh, is that uh, Jason's new place? Yeah, it's uh, uh, the new uh, Hammered Lamb. 
No. no. Oh, where the, Dexter's was. Yeah, it's no. That's not what I'm looking for. The oh. um area, Thornton Park. It's yes. in Thornton Park. It's where the 808 used to be. Um, and uh, it's fantastic. Went there. Um, had a wonderful drag show. They had. I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but there was somebody by the name of Tatiana there, the drag queen, not the head of Come Out with Pride. <laughs> um, but um, she was fantastic. April Fresh performed. Bobby Iman uh, performed. Um, and it was great. They, there was a really great turnout. The food is really good. If you haven't been, go try it. And uh, um, Pineapple Healthcare does a lot of events um, encouraging uh, people to learn about PrEP and uh, HIV care. So oh, very nice. learn get tested learn learn what prep is it's and have delicious brunch food what'd you and, eat uh, they had the basic breakfast they had a, a kind of a set menu for the for the event mm. and i really wanted to try the um hot honey chicken tenders with mac and cheese because somebody got it and it looked absolutely delicious but i was like mm, i'm trying to be healthy <laughs> so i got just the basic breakfast with wheat toast and yada 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 it was good but that mac and cheese looked amazing so yeah. i may go back for the mac and cheese but the event was great, um, so um, that was that was awesome. And then uh, the only other thing I did that uh, um, is worth talking about is I watched the Grammys last night. Um, but uh, I think we'll talk. We'll hit on that after we find out what you did this week. <laughs> yeah. So you know, with all the television I watched, you would think I I didn't do a lot this weekend or this week. But no, I, I did a little bit. I went to see. Are you, are you ready for this? This mm-hmm. is exciting. I was very excited about this. And when I heard that she was performing, I was like, I definitely want to go. Tanya Tucker and Clearwater went to go see her. And I was super excited about it. Yeah. It was hard to find like people to go <laughs> with me. Um, I'm sure that there are people that are like, I would have gone, you know, and I could have called my mom and, and, and taken her. Uh, but I, I made Dylan go with me. Is he a Tanya Tucker fan? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> In fact... <laughs> So I listened to this XM station called Willie's Roadhouse, which is like Willie Nelson, and it plays old country music, like really old. And it was really cool. And I I like it. I dig it. So on the way there, um, I was thinking, like, I can name two songs that she sings, but I don't really know anything else. And he's like, oh, well, let's play something. And so we played like three songs, and he just looked at me, and he said, this sounds a lot like Willie's Roadhouse. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, Tanya Tucker has been singing for 52 years. Yeah. She, do you know that, do you know how old she was when Delta Dawn was recorded? She was young. 14. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. She's 13 or 14. But, um, but she's, I mean, she must, she sounds like she was like a pack a day. You know, fifth of whiskey she drinker had, every day. She has a song that, that she um, uh, got nominated for a bunch of Grammys two years ago, three years ago. She won. Ago, and she won um, called Carla. Bring My Flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can you can hear that on yeah. that song. But it's a great song. I love that song. Yeah. she And, and she sang, she, uh, I don't remember her singing that, but she sang a lot of songs off that, um, off that album. So anyway, um, we... <laughs> So so that she was playing at the Capitol Theater, which I don't typically like to go to because um, I'm usually sitting in the back. And now I just want to say this about the Capitol Theater. The Capitol Theater is actually really cool. It's kind of nice and it's old timey and it's really nice if you're sitting in the orchestra. But or in like the front row of the balcony or the mezzanine. But if you get into the back section of the mezzanine, you're sort of like got a low ceiling. It's like it's do you ever go anywhere? I think this is true of anywhere you go. Any show you go to see, no matter what it is, football games, 
um, monster truck rallies or concerts, Broadway shows, whatever it is. If you're sitting in the last three rows, those people are there to talk like they're sitting in their living room. They're yeah. not watching the show. I hear that's where people go to record podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we should totally do that. <laughs> Ambush podcast. <laughs> and so I usually don't don't like that. But I was I thought that I had I thought that this was playing actually at Ruth Eckerd Hall and not mm-hmm. at the Capitol Theater. Um Oh, but but I do want to say, I mean, I really think the Capitol Theater is just really quaint and beautiful and great. And I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to go see it. I just don't like sitting in the very, very back. You know, like, so I could pay for my tickets. I wouldn't have to, right? So I shouldn't yeah. shouldn't say anything about that. But um, so true to form, you know, we get up there and I'm thinking, oh, I'm looking at the ticket. And it's like, ooh, see, it's row EE. I'm like, that's got to be in the front of the mezzanine, right? Because don't they start with the double letters and then work their way back? Not here. Not, here. Not when they built the Capitol Theater. <laughs> they said, they said, go all the way down there and turn right and up the stairs. And I was like, all right, all right that's cool. Um, but the people around were really, were fun. I mean, it was it was a sold out show. Yeah. So all the people that were there were like hardcore Tanya Tucker fans. And it was it was fun. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if it's because of the Brandy Carlisle connection with that song that she won the Grammy for. Yeah. Um, but it was highly lesbian attended. Lots of, lots of. Yeah. I mean, Tony Tucker gives off a bit of a lesbian vibe to me. I, know. I mean, I don't know if she is or not, um, but I know that a lot of lesbians that I know are Tanya Tucker fans. So as they say, not all Tanya Tucker fans are lesbians, but all lesbians are Tanya <laughs> Tucker fans. <laughs> I didn't get that SAT question. I would have done much better had I been given that one. So, um, okay. So the show starts. And Tanya Tucker comes out. Now, I don't know if you do this thing, but I do it. If I'm in a show and I'm far too far from the stage to actually see the details of the person that's performing, um, I pretend it's somebody else that I know. Oh. Like a famous actor or a person that I know. So uh, one of our coworkers, Sam, was who I was it was who was performing <laughs> this entire show. Because we were too far away. But Sam had this How'd beautiful Sam do? She did great. She had this beautiful long bleached hair and <laughs> And she, but she walked out. She also reminded me of Sam. And this is Sam, if you're listening, honey, I love you. Um, but when we do this thing, when we and our, have our staff meetings, we go around the room and everybody says something good. Yeah. Sam goes on for about two minutes about why it's why nothing is good, and then finds a way to invent something that's good, and it cracks me up. So, so uh, picture this: <laughs> Clearwater, 2024, and you're in the Capitol Theater, in the Capitol Theater, and. Um, Tanya Tucker walks out and she's got her arm in a sling. (laughs) (laughs) And and she she comes up and she starts and she sings a song. The first thing she just walks on the stage, sings a song. Great. It's really good. I mean, it's got that it's that old country sound. There's a guy with a guitar that's like side or like um laying flat and he's got that little steel thing on his finger that gives it that twangy um, sound. What do they call that? A mandolin. No uh, a mandolin. No, I think it's like a steel guitar or something. I don't know. It's something like that. Anyway, it gives it that like like that country twang yeah. in, a, in a song, and I love that so much. So it was really cool. And then when when it was done, she's like, she's like, well, thank you all for coming. She's like, I really appreciate your support throughout the years. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it today. <laughs> she's like, got this, got this sling on. I hate it. 
like my voice isn't 100% and I hate performing when I can't do 100% but I'm going to I'm going to do the best that I can. <laughs> Just kept going on about that. Like a like, true country song. <laughs> it's like, "Oh my god. My pickup truck was repossessed, you my know, dog died." But she kept going and she would talk and tell stories but she was I mean she was clearly struggling. She I think she said at one point they're going to take me from here to the hospital. Jeez. Like they t- I guess they told her not to do the tour because of her shoulder, but at one point she just ripped the thing off. She's like, I hate this thing. And then got into a, a weird, not a weird, but a, a a longer than probably should have been conversation with a gentleman in the audience about how long it was going to take her to recover from so- shoulder surgery. And because <laughs> of that conversation, people would just start shouting things at her. Like she's just saying, and somebody's like, it'll be six weeks. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so but the really fun part of it, right? So, but I, I want to say one hundred percent, I really enjoyed the show. I'm a big fan. Um, I like, I really like her new album a lot. Yeah, uh, I love her style. It was great. It was. I was having a really good time. Dylan, not a fan, and he was struggling. Mm. Um, so about forty five minutes into the concert, I noticed this girl right away because you know, like that. I'm gonna say this, and you'll get exactly the 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 dress and everything, the style of what I'm talking about. But it's like it's, it's like she this person jumped off of the bar at Coyote Ugly oh, yeah. and went over <laughs> to see this Tanya Tucker show. She was sitting in the mezzanine, but the good part of the mezzanine, yeah. And she's like waving her around. She got a straw hat on, and she's doing having a good old time. And at one point, she gets up. Like, she's in the center of the mezzanine. She gets up, she walks back, goes to the other side of the center of the mezzanine, and sits down. And about 15 seconds later, people start waving their arms, yelling, security, security. So, like, three or four security people, like, boom, right away. And a group of people leave. And we're all, everybody around us is like, oh, what was that? That was crazy. Like, was we, we, could, we didn't have any idea what was going on. So, then about two songs later, Dylan's, Dylan's struggling. And so I was like, would you like to go? I haven't heard any of the two songs that I knew that I wanted to hear. I, w- I wanted to go. One of them is uh, Two Sparrows in a Hurricane, which I really like. But somebody yelled that out because they were yelling out everything. Um, there are uh, Two Sparrows in a Hurricane. And she said, oh, that's really high, honey. You might have to come up here and sing that one. And then I thought, oh, she's not going to sing that? I can go. <laughs> so um, so we, we left. But we go into the hallway. So you're in the mezzanine. The only way out is to go out the door, down the staircase. So we go into this thing, and there's like a little bit of a lobby and a bar there at the top of the stairs. So we get out there, and this the girl, Coyote Ugly, is sitting in the chair. And she is yelling. She was like, I couldn't hear the music. She's like, all I could hear was that woman talking, and I couldn't hear any of the music. And then you hear coming from the stairwell, that bitch punched me in the face. And you're like, holy shit. So you look down the staircase, and there's like two cops, three cops, and like a bunch of security guards. And we're standing there, and everyone, no one acknowledges that we're there in the middle of this confrontation. And there's like, there's yelling back and forth, and people having to hold people back so dylan and i just kind of went and stood in a corner for what seemed like an eternity until this um usher walked over and i was like can we leave and she's like yeah just go down the stairs and i'm like the door with the security guys holding it shut she was like oh okay so she knocked on the door and let us out and the woman it was like so the couple like the woman who got hit apparently she looked like um you know like hardcore jersey and yeah. and and she was yelling or like, you know, Long Island, New York. But she was like yelling about the two hundred dollars she spent to get there. And um, oh, it's just such craziness. And I almost kind of wanted to stay. But we left. 
By the way, if you ever find yourself at the Capitol Theater, get the popcorn. It is so good. That's all I have to say. I, I don't know if I ever will go to the Capitol Theater, but if I do, I will I will hunt down that popcorn. Speaking of which, um, have you seen the hoopla over the new Dune 2 popcorn bucket? <laughs> there is an entire... There's You're a, not going to be able to find that anywhere. There's an SNL skit. Yeah, I saw that. It was on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I get all my SNL from TikTok now. Um, but yeah, I uh, I want one of those popcorn buckets just because I'm going to sell it on eBay because it's going to be going for, oh, for okay. a high price tag. Not for other reasons. <laughs> like, I don't know that it would work really well for what they were Im- implicating, but okay. It does look like what you would think it looks like if they're going to do that to it. Yeah. For Caitlin, who looks confused, um, the, the really cute Cuban cast member from SNL was going to lose his virginity to the popcorn bucket. If you are familiar with the worms in Dune, the top of the popcorn bucket looks like the worm and has the rubber teeth on the inside. So people on TikTok are, are saying they're going to go get the bucket with no popcorn, just butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, last night I went to Epcot. Oh, it's yeah. The, um, it's, I think it's almost over. It's Mardi Gras. No, no that's it's the Universal. <laughs> Festival of the Arts. That's right, yes. Did you say farts? Oh. <laughs> I said farts. It's the Farts Festival. Farts Festival. Uh, Festival of the Arts. So we went and we saw, well, we went to eat at the German restaurant there. Have you ever, you've eaten there, haven't you? Um, Have you been there with me? I believe so. I think we did. Yes. What an interesting place. It's so funny. I just think it was so, it's when you're not drinking, sometimes you go into a place where people are like, oh, it's a beer house, drink beer. And you're like, God, it's so loud. <laughs> it's so loud in there. But stay out good. of the country of Germany. Yeah, it was so. So good, but we we went to we did dinner and then the dinner and the show kind of yeah. thing because they do like Broadway shows there and we saw um, Josh Strickland. Do you know who that is? I do. I interviewed him. Oh yeah, yeah. He was Tarzan on Broadway. Yeah, the original Tarzan on Broadway. I followed him. I know I, I mentioned like TikTok four hundred times in this podcast already. I followed him on TikTok and like ten minutes later he followed me back. <gasps> I have no videos on there and I was like, why? Would a Broadway star like Josh Strickland follow just a little old me with no videos? But apparently he's a fan. <laughs> he's a nice guy, though. Did Super he, nice. Maybe he voted for us. Oh, maybe he did. That's a nice segue. By the way, Wavewards are open for one more week, so make sure you're voting for your favorite podcast. That's right. And your favorite writer. Watermarkonline.com. Yeah. Click on the Wave Awards. Central Florida. Yeah. Why and why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Do um, it. Kissy Simmons was in it too. It was the two mm. of them last night. Do you know who she is? No, no, she does not follow me on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She played Nala in The Lion King. She oh, wasn't okay. the original, but she played Nala. She's the longest running Nala because she's all over the place. Yes, I the, the she when I interviewed um, Tarzan, Josh, Josh Strickland, he was performing at a concert here with Aladdin. And Nala. Oh yeah, yeah. And a fourth, I think Mary Poppins. <laughs> they were all they were all Broadway Disney yeah. folks, and they did a concert. But yeah, she was. Uh, he loves her. She's insane. He, he raved about. She's her. She's so good. Yeah, it was a really good show. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, so you should check it out. I might it's, do that. It's, honestly, um, the is he there the whole time? Festival of the Arts is my favorite festival. I'd How long does that go on till? <sighs> Next weekend? No, I think it's to the end of the month. And he's there the whole time. It's the, it's they they interchange. There's like there's three or four of them, and it's oh, okay. February nineteenth. Yeah, so I might try to go again next Sunday. 
It's a good time. Oh, I might check it out. I love him. Fantastic. So, um, did you watch the Grammys? I watched all of. <laughs> I'll just tell you this, I because I went to the show last night. Yeah. And so that we were supposed to do the show at eight, and we normally wouldn't go home until eleven. And I was like, well, I'm not going to watch the Grammys at all. But we went to an earlier show, got home. Jen demanded that I put the the Emmys on or the Grammys. So I put the Grammys on, and it's Billie Eilish singing the song from Barbie. You mean Billie Eilish's grandma? She was dressed like an old lady grandma last night. It's crazy. I think. I, feel, I don't know who designed, who fashion designed her. I but. feel like Jen said that. Oh, did she? Yeah. She looked like an old lady. Oh, so she looks like she's singing for the grannies, not the <laughs> Grammys. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I'm, I, I have, I respect people's talent, yeah. right? Like, she's talented. There's no doubt. And good for her. Um, but I'm just not a fan of that, like, that, like, uh I don't know how to describe it. Um, Sandra Bernhardt described Fiona Apple as singing dirty bathtub songs because in one of Fiona Apple's videos, she's in a dirty bathtub. Yes. And she's just like, come on, girl, get out of that dirty bathtub. Go on with your life. And so when I see songs like that, I'm like, this is a dirty bathtub song. I hear you. I will say, I and I get it. You and I are not her demographic. So I appreciate Billie Eilish for what she does. That one song that like her first big single was kind of cool. I like that. But I have to say, obsessed with this song of hers from Barbie. It is so good. I absolutely love it. I do agree. 100%. I like to hold on, I like to listen to it while I stare into the uh, mirror and drop one single tear. <laughs> it's so good. How very call me by your name of you. <laughs> um, I in the context of the film, it really is emotional and incredible yeah. um but i would never listen to it outside of that i realized watching the grammys i would never listen to it live because while i thought she did a, a fine job performing it it the recording of it is much better oh, okay um her singing it live is a little too breathy for me mm. um but i was she won song of the year different which was great for her um she's because she's she is bisexual or is she a lesbian she's dating a girl she, is she not no, not to my knowledge. You didn't hear this whole thing where she was on some <gasps> show. Oh my god, yes, she, she was and outed. And she said something about her girlfriend, yes. and then she says, "Oh well, I didn't realize it was a big deal. I thought everybody knew." Yes, that she mentioned it in an article, and then um, that was like the whole article made a big deal about it, and she didn't want a big deal made about it. But yes, she did come out. I think as bisexual. Okay, you are correct. Um, speaking of bisexuals, uh, Miley Cyrus was also there. And good for her. She won her first two Grammys ever for Flowers, which is an amazing song. Great song. I love Miley Cyrus. I adore her and everything she does. What the <laughs> sorry, Ma, fuck. <laughs> that I don't she was on something last night and she came out, and I guess she's excited she won her Grammys. Um, but she performed. And then, like, two lines into the song, she's like, you know, you all know this song. Like, I don't know if she, they weren't singing along with it or what the deal was. I read an article yeah. that said she did that, and she kept talking to the audience during it because she wanted to drive home the point that she was singing live. Oh, interesting. Well, I absolutely believe she was singing live because she did kept stopping. Yeah, I mean, at stopping. first I thought she was yelling at people for not singing along, and I thought, ugh. I rem always reminds me of Jeb Bush. Yeah. Please clap. Please clap. And um, <laughs> poor Jeb. Jeb. Uh, so, um, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
but then she kept talking towards the end of it. Yeah. Which... I did like that halfway through the song, she like just threw her arms up and she's like, I won my first Grammy. That so, was pretty cool. Great for her. She was channeling Tina Turner in that outfit and dancing and uh, good for her. I just wonder if there was just so much going on. Like she just won. It's so exciting. Yeah. She probably had the, a few. She was just overwhelmed. You know, and over, but you could tell like her eyes when she was singing weren't fixating on anything. She wasn't like making contact with somebody mm-hmm. to sing to. She was just con- she was just looking around and almost like Winona Ryder at the <gasps> Golden Globes. Uh, one of my fa- no, that was the SAG Awards. Oh, one of my favorite <laughs> SAG Award moments. It's the this is why the internet exists. It's yes. for that moment. Uh, but a couple of other really uh, when you were talking about Tanya Tucker and we talked about this earlier, um, I have a uh, affinity for. Um, older musicians when their voice is starting to give out and it's raspy um johnny cash his last two albums is very raspy and he doesn't really sing more so he just talks melodically um but uh, joni mitchell performed last night and she was you know had that shaky grandma voice oh god i was in my feels with that one she was uh, i loved it i loved everything she did um she was sitting in this Fancy arm back chair with a cane that had a, a, a silver wolf on it, and she's just tapping it along. And I was like, God, I want to be Joni Mitchell when I'm 80. <laughs> um, she was fantastic. Billy Joel performed. He's got a new single I, out. I want to be Tanya Tucker when I'm 80. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she was moving around. Yeah. I don't need to move around. I just want people to focus on me. Um, but yeah, Billy Joel, I don't know if you, well, you, did you watch his performance? He had a new single out that was, uh, I saw a clip of it. I, yeah. I really only watched a few minutes of it. And then I, the only way that I, that Jen would let me, um, turn off the Grammys was to watch something else that she would find interesting. Cause I was trying to watch leverage. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you know that there's a thing? Are you familiar with the Saturn awards? Yeah. Okay. Because it said it's the 52nd. That was on last night, too. Yeah. I don't know if it's pre-recorded um, or something, but I because I thought Leverage was on, and I liked that show. I was like, oh, let's watch Leverage instead. And then we got to this other award show, which looks like their budget is not yeah. as now, high. They do not have the money of the academies. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, we're, it, we're well into award season, so there's like nine award shows every week. Oh, wow. Um, of varying different... Budgets. <laughs> so it's sci-fi TV yeah. awards. Uh, science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good for them. Um, I mean, I like I, I watched a lot of Star Trek-y kind of things. So yeah, yeah. Star cool. Trek gets nominated and wins a lot of Saturns. Um, but um, Tracy Chapman was there, sung Fat, car- fat Cars. <laughs> fast- I, got a, I got a fat car. <laughs> fast Cars with Luke Combs. Taylor Swift won Album of the Year for the fourth time. Jay-Z pointed out that Beyonce never won Album of the Year. And Boy Genius, um, who, uh, speaking of SNL, performed a few months ago, um, won three Grammys. And one of their members is a lesbian. So oh, right on. There's your, there's your wrap-up of the Emmys. Nope, the Grammys. <laughs> we the did Grammys. Emmys last week. Well, that anyway. all sounds delightful. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Busy, Good times. It was a busy week. I it think was. it's going to way things are going to be from now on. They're just going to ramp yeah. up and be busy. And hopefully hopefully lucrative. <laughs> um all right. Well, we'll move on to our assignments. What do we have first that we're going to cover? Um all right. So, um 
in 20, I don't know what it was, 17, 18, Ryan Murphy introduced yet another one of his anthology series. He's got like 900 of these. Um, but he introduced uh, Feud. Uh, season one uh, was uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. It was did the behind-the-scenes feud when they were making uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. Did you watch it? I did. Was it good? It was really good. Um, and I usually don't care to acknowledge Susan Sarandon exists, but she was fantastic at it. <laughs> um, uh, um, uh, Jessica Lang uh, played Joan Crawford. She was great in it. Why is it that we don't like her? I forget what it was. Um, because, it because she basically said if Bernie Sanders doesn't win, yeah. um, then we deserve to have the world burned down with Trump. Um, and she refused to support Hillary. Well, I get you. Everybody has their favorites or they want to vote for. But wanting the world to burn down because your guy didn't win seems a little um, stupid. Um, and then also, um, regardless of how you feel about the current Israeli-Palestine um, uh, conflict that's going on, um, she basically... Uh, went to a uh, uh, a rally and was chanting that from the river to the sea uh, and basically said that all Israelis need to get out of the country because it doesn't belong to them. And uh, it's a much more nuanced argument than that, but she basically said anything the Palestines do is right and mm. anything the Israelis do is wrong. I'm paraphrasing, allegedly. Oh, okay. But she's, she's, she's just loud. <laughs> she's so loud. <laughs> Anyway, that was it was a good season. It was a it was really good. Um uh uh Catherine Zeta Jones played oh, who was that actress? She was in she was she just died. She was like 110 and she was lived in France. She was in uh, The Last Living uh Person from Gone with the Wind. Why is her name she's a very famous actress, Oscar winner. Her name escapes me. Anyway, she was, was she in Gone with the Wind like a She was. Yeah. She won in uh she was in Gone with the Wind. The 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 lead no, she wasn't one of the. She was oh. one of the supporting characters, um, but she won an Oscar uh, for something else, um, and she was alive when Feud came out. And she had she hated the series. Said you got so much wrong, Ryan Murphy. You suck. She, you're terrible. So for the new season, he waited till everyone was dead. <laughs> so everyone involved <laughs> with the second season is dead. Olivia de Havilland. Okay. Olivia de Havilland. She. Um, she lived to be like 200, so she was alive when that season came out, and she was played by Catherine Zeta-Jones in it. She did not care for the show. So um, this season um, is uh, Truman Capote and his fallout with his swans, who were the the real housewives before there was the real housewives. Um, so um, uh, it looks at the fallout over the series of salacious short stories written by Truman Capote about a group of female socialites known as the Swans. Uh, the show is mostly based on Lawrence Lemur's 2021 book called Capote's Women, A True Story of Love, Betrayal, and a Swan Song for an Era. Why did they call them the Swans? Do you know? He says it in the first episode. Um, and I'm, I didn't, I should have wrote down his little, his little speech why, why he calls them the Swans. But it's something about them being elegant and perfect and beautiful, and everybody just comes and to to watch them. Oh, okay. Like people go to a lake to watch the swans. Um, people like to go to um, that uh, that little eatery they go to just to be seen uh, to see what they're doing. Um, they were basically the Real Housewives before the Real Housewives existed, and so in that way, um, Truman Capote is the Andy Cohen <laughs> of the swans. <laughs> He's your favorite. Ugh. 
Maybe I had such an issue with Truman Capote, and I think it's because I reflect Andy Cohen on him. It's because of his voice. His voice, actually, because I saw the movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and his voice didn't bother me. Um, it, it is a very, um, it's a very unique voice, that Truman Capote. Um, but I didn't mind it on Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, this one, it's just very grating the way that Tom Holland. Maybe it's just because it. he's doing it so well. Well, that's the first thing I did after I watched the first two episodes because the first two episodes were released. Um, I went and looked up clips of Truman Capote, and I was like, "Yeah, he." <laughs> He's a very grating voice. So he does an amazing job, Tom Hollander. Um, and and Philip Seymour Hoffman did. And um, Toby Keith? Nah. There was another movie called <laughs> Infamous. No. There was a movie called <laughs> Infamous where it's basically the same story from Capote. Um, Toby something. Yeah, the guy from the new Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's in the uh, uh, yeah he's in a couple of Indiana Jones movies. He's also in some of the Marvel movies. He's in Captain America. Um, he played Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, in the HBO. You series, know what's no? funny because they were there was Infamous and Capote both came out, and then there was an Alfred Hitchcock movie that came out with another two Alfred Hitchcock movies. He loves competing with the with movies that are telling the I exact same story. they do that story. a lot, though. Like, if they're, yeah. you know, when the disaster movies came out, like Deep Impact came out, yeah. and so then Armageddon came out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he uh, uh, he did great in that. The, all the actors I've seen play Capote, play him as obnoxious as Capote obviously was in real life. Um, but, uh, so the Swans, I was looking this up because I don't know. I've never heard of the Swans before. Um, so there's four main swans. Um, and this this cast is stacked in this stacked. season. There's so much talent. Um, but Naomi Watts plays Babe Pally, who is the wife to one of the founders of CBS. Uh, Diane Lane plays Slim Keith, who is a fashion icon, who was married three times, two times to two different filmmakers, a director and a producer, and then one to a baron from the, hmm. from England, which sounds fancy. They don't have any children. Do you know oh, he was barren? Oh, but I'm bummed. <laughs> um, do you know what a baron is? Um, I'm gonna say no because I mean, it's I got someone an idea. in the British legal system, huh? Yeah, that's look, it. Yeah, that's it. That's Just a lawyer, like a lawyer, basically. A, a, well, a barrister is a lawyer, but somebody who's in that profession carries the title of a baron, huh? At least that's what Wikipedia says. Okay, um, Wikipedia wouldn't lie, no, never. Um, Wikipedia. Um, there's a video <laughs> of Henry Cavill. He's being interviewed, and somebody asks him about. It. He goes, "You were up for the role of blah blah blah," and he goes, "What? No." And he goes, "Oh, that's what I heard on Wikipedia." And he goes, "No." And he goes, "Wikipedia. <laughs> you use Wikipedia as a source." And I was like, "Ah, that's not very." Is he British? British? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Chloe Savaney, um, who is CZ guest. Um, who was also a fashion designer, married to a polo champion. And then Callista Flockhart plays... Um, Not Lee, Ralph Lauren. No. Lee Raswell, who is the younger sister of Jackie Kennedy. Um, so oh, those really? are the four who, main, who plays her? Callista Flockhart is oh, the younger okay. sister of Jackie Kennedy. So those are the four main swans. And they're the one, the socialites going around New York City everybody wants to be like. There's two... Lesser swans they're referred to in several of the um, write-ups I read about this series. Demi Moore plays Anne Woodward, who was a radio actress who killed her husband. 
She claims it was an accident. Capote claims it was murder. <laughs> um, and then Molly Ringwald plays Joanne Carson, who was Johnny Carson's second wife. And she is the only, she is technically not a swan because she lives in L.A. And what I read, the New York swans thought L.A. swans were trash. Who, who was that that played Carson? Uh, Molly Ringwald. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So those are your those are your swans. Your six your six swans. Jesus Christ. Now they haven't gotten to like his beef that everyone has. Like we don't know why he and Calista Flockhart have beef. Um, no, they haven't really. We've we've only seen the first two episodes, so they haven't gone. I think there's going to be a lot more. One of those, and they he, Ryan Murphy does this with all his shows, where it's like you jump right into the action. Yeah, and then in flashbacks you kind of fill in. Um. Why? Um, why they don't all get along? Did the Did the Johnny Carson show start in New York? No, I believe the Johnny Carson was always in L.A. So, wouldn't that? Oh, right. Okay, yeah, that's why they didn't like her because she was L.A. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess who just caught up? I just listened. I I, I played back the last five minutes. I got it. It it it, it, it takes time sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, like I said, we watched the first two series, first two shows. The series is directed by Gus Van Sant, um, who um, directs all but like two episodes of this show. Um, and for those who don't know, he directed Good Will Hunting. He directed Milk. So like prestigious. But he also directed the Psycho remake. So he has some shit in his catalog. <laughs> um, he also directed, did you ever see To Die For? It, with Nicole Kidman yes. from the 90s? He directed that. Yeah. And I didn't know that. Um, but I love that movie, and when I found out he directed that, I was like, oh, that makes sense, because the first two episodes of this kind of has that feel to it, that the way that that story kind of unfolds. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe he's approaching it um, the way that uh, that uh, he approached uh, To Die For. So um, we'll see what happens, but uh, uh, the first two episodes uh, were released. It starts off with... Uh, um, Capote and uh, Naomi Watts' character, Babe, um, uh, talking about his uh, her husband's cheating, um, <laughs> which is a disgusting scene. Um, well, I just want to say, like, yeah. right off the bat, I was I fell in love with this show. Yeah. Right off the bat, I think that they're like the 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 cattiness of it all. Like, it just see, it's fun for me. Although I guess it is based on a real thing, but it's like a TV show. Like I can't watch The Real Housewives because that's just I just can't yeah. get into that. Um, but when um, when wait, so he sees she the cheating scene that you're talking about. Yes, when he's talking to to um, babe. babe about yeah. it, and she says that he's having sex with. Um, the um, I forget their name Rockefeller. Yeah, right. the governor's wife. the governor is Rockefeller, and he, and he was having sex with the governor's wife, and he called her. He's like, you mean the governor's wildebeest wife? <laughs> oh my god, it was so catty. But then, yeah, I mean, um, that scene, yeah, was so. So she gross. comes. The 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 governor's wife comes to have sex with Babe's husband while she's out of town, and um. He's get I could the from what I can understand he was getting ready to, they had been having an affair he was cutting it off and she said I just want one more romp in the sack and she comes over and she's on her period at the time <laughs> and it's just the, the the like the curtains are closed so it's dark in the room and they're going to town and then 
he opens up and he's like, he sees blood and he's like, what is this? And she's like, ha ha, I tricked you. Now your wife's going to know you're banging me. And it's just such a weird, gross scene because there's just blood everywhere. You know, there's I there are words that I will say and there are words that I won't. So I cannot quote this whole thing, but I wrote it down yeah. because it's another one of those like there's just a lot of gems in this. And um, so when she's sitting standing there and there's blood on her dress, there's blood on the bed and it's all it's on the carpet. It's everywhere. And so it's the C word. And I'm just not going to say the yeah. C word. Yeah. I but I'll, she said, do you think you can get rid of the evidence before your C word wife gets back? <laughs> It's like, God, what is wrong with these people? Yeah, um, I, I'm gay. You're gay, so I don't know if you've ever had to deal with, um, or, or been around, um, uh, a situation like that. But that just seemed like a lot of blood. Like, yeah, I didn't like a lot it, of. It was blood. a heavy. It was a heavy flow day. Ugh, that, like she was storing it for this moment. <laughs> I don't think you know? that's how it works. I don't think you store it away. <laughs> Isn't that, that you can just um, go corkscrew? No, 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 no. It just looked like a pig was slaughtered in that bed. There was a lot of blood. Everything about Jeremy's face right now is like, Rick, please, please stop talking. Don't, don't make it worse. So, yeah. So we, the thing is, and I, by the end of the second episode, I was like, okay, I think I, I'm intrigued on what's going to happen. Um, within the f- first few minutes of this show, I was like, I'm going to hate this show. Because I don't care about the ongoings of uppity, snooty, rich people. Like, this show, just like, uh, why do I care? Now, when certain events start happening and um, their lives are miserable, I was like, all right. I kind of like this. <laughs> I like to see rich people suffer. But the beginning of it felt like Ryan Murphy had sat and watched Desperate Housewives and was like, oh, I can make that. And that's how the first episode felt to me. Um so well, except for, was that in the first episode, the Demi Moore scene? That is in the first episode. Um, let me check my notes. Well, there's the oh sh- yeah, because there's the steam the second, room scene. The second, the second episode opens with her. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was that really awkward moment in the steam That's room. So weird. It's like, um, and that little speech he gives, I thought was actually funny because um, he's like, he's he's not an attractive man, in, in traditional senses. Um, but he talks about, he's like, I used the name beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's my Capote impersonation. That's not bad. <laughs> he's like, because there's this guy who's much younger and more attractive than him in the steam room. And like three times his size. Yeah. Like, I mean, Capote was a tiny person. Um, and he's like, you know, I used to be beautiful. Um, and I used to think, you know, oh, no man's going to want me uh, because I'm not beautiful anymore. He goes, but... Um, they should ju- they should be so lucky and I'm paraphrasing here they should be so lucky to be with someone who used to be as beautiful as me and then the guy's like all right and he starts jerking him off so um in the most awkward it's very arm weird. motion yeah it's like I it looked painful the way he was being jerked off I'm like that can't be good also I imagine that this tall gargantuan man had um really big hands oh my god and i can't imagine that he needed to move his hand that much to do what he needed to do because they cut the camera to where you're like looking up at him and all you see is his hand moving but you don't see anything outside of his hand so i think maybe the pinky was catching it i was just like he it's (laughs) he either has giant hands or capote didn't 
have a lot going on down there, but that hand in the, the frame engulfs it, and he's just doing his little up and down motion, and all you see is this look on his face like, all right, are you are you ready? All right, you can finish now. Um, it's just such a weird scene, and I guess that's like their way of introducing, uh, what's his name, Josh. Yeah. Um, introducing Josh. <laughs> introducing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but it's just such a weird scene. We have that real highbrow humor yeah. on this show. <laughs> He's a douche. <laughs> um, so uh, they all go to lunch together. John and Capote go to lunch with the three main swans. Babe, CZ, and um, Slim. Who, I love Diane Lane. And oh yeah, I I hope she wins. I haven't seen the whole season, but I hope she wins awards for this because I adore her, and I loved her in the movie Unfaithful, and she didn't win an Oscar for it. I don't remember who she who beat her. Did you look that up? Who beat Diane Lane for an Oscar when she was in Unfaithful? But I loved Unfaithful. I thought it was such. I thought she did Is that an the amazing one with Richard Gere. Yes. Ah. Um. So they all go to lunch, and um. Uh. John, oh, John, John O'Shea. He goes to the bathroom and they're all like, you know, what the hell are you doing, Truman? And because he's there, <laughs> he's their gay. Um, the way that all the straight girls had their gays, he's their gay. Um, and this is the scene you were talking about. They're having dinner and he sees um, Demi Moore's character, um, Ann Woodward, looking at her or looking at him. And he's like, she's looking at me. Mine is looking at me. <laughs> So she comes over and um, he had written uh, because obviously her husband, she shot her husband. She claims um, there was a burglar uh, burglaries in town and that she heard noise and she got her shotgun out and saw someone in the dark hallway and shot him. And it ended up being her husband. She thought it was a burglar. Um, Truman is going around telling everybody that she actually shot him in the shower because he was going to leave her. And that money, you can you can change facts if you have the money. So this is all he's he's writing yeah. a book. Like they paid the cops off to drag yeah. the body into the hallway. Yeah. So he's writing a book that's called Answered Prayers. That is going to be initially was going to be about this story, just Anne. And she, Demi Moore, sees him at the restaurant that they're at, and she comes over, and she's <laughs> she's like. <laughs> Why, Truman? Why? <laughs> and uh, he's just—he's just so smug. He's just such a dick. Um, and I don't know if Truman was Capote was really this much of a dick, but he's a total dick in this. And he's just kind of like rubbing his head and um, just kind of like not even looking at her. And he's like, "We all know what you did." And and she's like, "You know." And oh, and then he says, um, "He did it because I heard you called me a fag." Right, and I'm going to yes. show you what. An yeah, angry and I'll fag show you what do. an angry fag can do. And she said, <laughs> "You read it down because it cracked me up." She said, "Truman, I did not call you a fag. I called you a venomous little faggot." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there's this big, there's a big hoopla, and yeah. Nicole Kidman in the hours. Oh, Nicole Kidman beat her in the hours. Mm. The hours. What was that about? That was oh, that's a good movie. There's lesbianism. We should we, we, we talk about that one. Um, she plays Virginia Woolf, and it's three stories from different time periods. Do you find out who's afraid of her? 
I think she was afraid of herself. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, three three stories that uh, are kind of intertwined uh, involving Virginia Woolf's stories. Okay. Um, but it's really good, really good. Um, uh, so yeah, so there's this altercation back and forth, and then Demi Moore goes away. That was a great scene. Yeah. I love Demi Moore, and uh, I hope that this is like the beginning of, of like her renaissance. Her renaissance and her being in her everything. Her demissance. <laughs> I need... More. Demi Moore. <laughs> um, so they finished the lunch and John... Hurley? John no. O'Shea and Truman Capote, they're in the car and they're heading back to after lunch. And uh, John's like, that's what your book should be about. Those crazy ladies we just had lunch with. <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, that's my friends. And he's like, no, that's, I mean, people will read about that. So- I just need you to do the entire <laughs> Capote podcast in that. <laughs> so, so he's like, you know what? You're right. This is really entertaining. So um, he writes uh, chapters of the book. So I, di- I didn't understand because I had to research this. I thought it was an art. He like did an article for Esquire magazine that was like, you know, oh, listen to these crazy ladies that everyone loves. But what it was is the first four chapters of his book, um, Answered Prayers, he published in Esquire. And that chapter, one of the chapters um, was about the incident where Babe's husband cheated with the governor's wife. But he changed some of the names. So, um, but I mean, but he didn't change all of them. He didn't change all of them and he didn't change them very good. It's like, they still start with the same letters and shit on some of them. It's a terribly, it's a terribly, um, uh, covered, um, there's a word I'm looking for when you write a story, but it's not thinly veiled. Yeah. Thinly veiled, um, you know, changing the names and stuff. There's a word I'm looking for, but I can't think of it. So, um, obviously the, the swans get all. Uh, up in arms, it gets published, um, and um, they decide that they are going to come together, the swans, to ruin, ruin, <laughs> ruin, ruin um, Truman Capote. As Slim says, <laughs> we're going to kill Truman. And I think she means socially, but I don't really know with her. Like, I think if she had the option, she'd like literally kill him. Um, but she says we're going to kill him, and I think she means socially. Um, so they they meet up for their that another lunch to talk about what trash Truman Capote is for for spilling their secrets. And they're like, you know, we Slim is like, we need to be uh, uh, together on all fronts on this. And Babe's like, I don't know, I miss Truman. <laughs> she loved him. She did. She did. Um, but then uh, before the second episode ends, uh, they reveal. That Anne Woodward, Demi Moore's character, um, got an early copy of the Esquire article, and she read it, and then took a bunch of cyanide and killed herself. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. I know. I was shocked too. Um, so uh, that's how episode one ends. We find out Anne Woodward killed herself. But here's the thing: Demi Moore's in the opening credits, saying she's one of the stars. So. I'm assuming we're going to see more of her in flashbacks. There's got to be flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, because you prob- they're probably going to show, like, because what she was saying is that before Capote became besties with Babe, he was besties with, with Ann Woodward. With Ann yeah. Woodward. And they were 
very close. And so for him to do this to her, she just couldn't understand why. So you're probably going to see a lot of that. Yeah. So uh goes right into episode two, or at least we did, because the first two episodes were released. And we learn that Babe has cancer. She's It opens with her in chemo. Um, they don't say what type of cancer. They don't. But you know what they do do? They do have her smoking incessantly after she gets chemo. And I don't understand why somebody on chemo would be a smoker. I mean, back in those days, smoking cured everything. They probably thought smoking cured cancer. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, so it opens with them at, her at chemo, and then they go into Ann Woodward's funeral. Um, and um, that's where we meet Calista Flockhart's character, uh, Jackie O's younger sister. Um, and she fits into this somehow. They didn't really expand on how she fits into the swans because she wasn't there in the first episode. Um, but um, the women are united. Um, Truman's sending them flowers, sending them letters, calling them. And they're all like, no, re- return to sender, reject the flowers. Don't answer the calls. Um, we're going to push him out of society. Uh, this this high society that he loves, we're going to deny him all of it. Right, which he found his way into because he wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a writer. He had oh, a name. Yeah. yeah, he had wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's at this point in Cold Blood, which yeah. um, was what he was really known for um, writing. Um, he invented this nonfiction novel um, writing style um, that, that people are – I mean, even today, people are obsessed with true crime. <clears throat> He's kind of the the godfather of, of the true crime novel. So, and also, did you know that um, when he was writing that, he was going around with um, Harper Lee, the writer of To Kill a Mockingbird? Really? She was the one who was going around with him when he was doing all the interviews. Yeah. Huh. You should watch Capote. It's a fascinating movie. So, yeah. So there, but he just had this strong desire, even though he had, you know, f- achieved yeah. fame. And he wanted to be part of this group so yeah. badly. Yeah, he just wanted to be involved in in everything they did. That was just the lifestyle that he aspired to be. Um, but so, he had no money. But he had no. He didn't have their money. He yeah. probably had a little money, but he spent it all on booze and prostitutes. Probably, I don't know. Do you know that scene? That scene where he was walking around collecting all the alcohol bottles. Yeah. in his house, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, he had a lot of liquor. Yeah, poured it all down the toilet, which is funny. Because he pours it all down the toilet and then he flushes it. Do you know that the first time that a flushing toilet was shown on film was Alfred Hitchcock when he filmed Psycho, which Gus Van Sant remade. Full circle. Um, and that is why Taylor Swift is going to endorse Joe Biden <laughs> in <the> Super Bowl. <laughs> it's all connected. The CIA is so talented. Um, but there were a couple of things um, that they said in this episode that I thought was hilarious. Um, first, um, they call, they referred to Truman as a homosexual court jester singing for his supper, which is probably the best description I've ever heard of Truman Capote. <laughs> That's the tagline of the show, isn't it? Um, and then... Um, when Slim is talking to Babe, um, she's talking about how um, people like Truman Capote are not, they're an anomaly in society. And she goes, there is nothing in nature that pretends to love you while it eats you. And I thought that was just so telling of, because Babe is like, you know, but I miss him and we loved each other. And she's like, no, he doesn't love you. He loves what you are, your fame. Um, 
So she's Slim is trying to keep them all in war stance. Like they're all like if if Slim wasn't there, I have no doubt they all would have folded him and like, all right, I forgive <laughs> you, Truman. Um, and CZ actually forgives him. She has lunch with him. And uh, and invites him to Thanksgiving. And invites him to Thanksgiving. Says you can come to Thanksgiving. He's like, oh my god, I really want. I love turkey. It's my favorite holiday. And but <laughs> then, Slim, like the scene where Slim basically tells Cece <laughs> that, that that he is not going Did to her Thanksgiving. Did that not feel like a scene out of The Godfather? <laughs> right. It was so fucking cool. She was just like she's in charge. Yeah, they're like walking the horse, and it's not even. She doesn't threaten or anything. She's like, <laughs> he's not coming. <laughs> You're going to uninvite him. And she's like, I'll invite him. Don't worry. Right? Um, so um, since he's uninvited, she tells him, she calls him and says, I have the flu. And um, so you can't come. So he decides to fly to, um, oh, before before we do that, is when um, he's drunk and he's like, they won't answer my calls. And John's there. And he's like, um, I wish I could do that like he did. He's like, none of my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It's here's how Capote sounds to me. You remember um, uh, the Godfather, uh, um, Marlon Brando from yeah. the Godfather. If he was a tiny homosexual, <laughs> that's what Capote sounds so like. So the to complete me. opposite of Marlon Brando and the Godfather. Well, he's a little gay. In the oh, Godfather. He's, a little he's a little gay. Um, just cotton in the mouth and just kind of like, mm, I'm gonna make them an outfit and can't refuse. Um, <laughs> So he's all drunk and he's like, they don't love me. And John's like, what do you want? You, you, you wrote a story about them talking about all of their dirty secrets. And uh, he's like, I'm not going to spend Thanksgiving with you. I'm spending it with my kids. And he's like, your kids don't love you. Your kids hate you. Your whole family hates you. So he punches Truman Capote in the face. Just It's wail- a little unnerving. Because it, it comes out of nowhere. Well, and he's so giant compared yeah. to Capote. It literally looked like a man hitting a child. Yeah. He just decked him and he fell glasses <laughs> to the couch. And he's Did like, you get a little uh, bit of an endorphin rush when you saw <laughs> I don't want to like when I see someone get punched in the face. But I was like, you should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> so he's laying there and he's moaning. And then he's like, don't ever talk about my family. And then he leaves. And um, so something we forgot to mention, uh, Truman has a partner, Jack who is an older man who comes to his aid whenever Truman is down. So Truman's running around with this John character. He's got Jack um, sitting off in the wings, and every time he does something stupid... You mean Josh. He was running around with Josh. No, it's John. Is it John? Who's Josh? John O'Shea. I think we initially called him Josh. Yeah, we lied. But we lied. Okay. It's John O'Shea. We're on track now. It's John. Yes. Um, John and Jack. John and Jack. So, oh, he he has a type. Um, <laughs> so Jack comes over and he's like, um, "You need to you need to fix yourself. You're you're on booze. You're on drugs. You're running around with this married man. You need to fix yourself." So that's when he pours all the booze into the toilet, and flushes, and he's like, "I'm gonna be a better person." And that's when he calls CZ and has lunch with her and wants to go. Uh, he's like, "I want to go to Thanksgiving," and she's like, "Okay." <laughs> but as they're having lunch, that's when Jackie O's sister, Calista Flockhart, walks in. She's like, "Mm-hmm." Saw them. Called um, the Godfather Slim, and Slim said, mm, "I'm going to visit you at your horse ranch." <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, since Capote has been uninvited from Thanksgiving, 
him and John decide to go to LA to have Thanksgiving with um, Molly Ringwald, who is Johnny Carson. Carson's second yeah. wife. So um, there's this scene, it's cut, you know, there's like this elegant, beautiful Thanksgiving dinner with the swans. And it's like, everything is like fancy. Like this has got to be Buckingham Palace. It's like the Gilded Age fancy. Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. And then they cut to, and it looked like a lovely dinner. Like friends, (laughs) I think that's Phyllis (laughs) Diller there. (laughs) It looks like it looks like Thanksgiving at my house. <laughs> um, that I think that lady's supposed to be Phyllis Diller. Oh, really? I think so. She looks like Phyllis Diller. Oh, uh, the crazy lady with the gray hair. She's oh, like, oh yeah. my god! <laughs> She's like, I can't believe he hit him. <laughs> um, so he's, they, it, but it's a very kind of middle class kind of Thanksgiving. It's on like it's like in this lanai looking thing, like this Florida looking room, and um, Molly Ringwald's very friendly. Her friends are very friendly. And um, so they're sitting there, and Truman is just drinking. And he's like, I need another drink. And he goes into the bar, and there's this young Latin bartender there. And uh, he's like, I want some vodka. And he's like, you drank all the vodka, Mr. Capote? And he's like, here's $100. Go down to the store and get me another bottle. And um, so while he's waiting for him to come back, he has, like, a alcohol-induced um, uh, a vision, uh, a flashback. I don't know what it is. He's at the bar or the little bar in the house and his mother shows up. Oh yeah. And his mother is played by none other than Jessica Lang. Of course she shows up in a Ryan Murphy <laughs> show. I was wondering when we were going to see her and they have this weird conversation where she's like trying to entice him to kill himself. She's like, you got the pills in your pocket. Just take them. And, um, he says something to her. He's like, I don't know where you're at or where I'm going, but I'm pretty sure it's the same place. <laughs> um, he goes, but I'm not ready. I haven't written my great novel yet. So I think we're going to see more of her throughout the season. I think she's on the, the call sheets, as they, call, they say, um, for a couple more episodes. So I think she's going to flash back uh, into his life with some more um, visions. Um, but uh, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, not going to off myself. So at this point, the bartender comes back. He's like, I got your vodka, Mr. Capote. And he's like, thank you. And he pours his screwdriver. And he goes, and they're sitting there. And he starts to poke the bear again. <laughs> uh, he's talking about John's family. And he's like, I told you not to talk about my family. And he's like, yeah, I can talk about whatever I want. I mean, this is Molly Ringwald. She's my best friend. And um, he grabs <laughs> Truman and he throws him in a chair and just starts punching him like over <laughs> and over, just wailing on him. And Molly Ringwald's like, stop it. And Phyllis Diller's like, I can't believe he's hitting Drum Cody. And uh, it's just going crazy. And um, so he's like, he storms out. And uh, or Molly Ringwald, uh, Carson lady, yells at him, get out. And so he leaves. And then uh, they call an ambulance and Capote goes uh, to the hospital. And uh, Jack's there. Because Jack comes... Ugh. I hate it because I feel like I was this person. I was Jack at one point in my <laughs> life for a certain somebody. Um, but Jack's there and calls um, Babe and says, you need to you need to make up with him. He's dying. He's totally gaslighting her. Like He's, <laughs> he's going to die if you don't forgive him. And she's like, I don't care. I'm not going to forgive him. Hangs up the phone. End of the second episode. Um, so I'm very interested to see where this is going to go. Um yeah, it's it's so intriguing. Yeah. I'm very interested in it. But I don't care for Truman Capote right now. But did you so you like the show? By the end of the second season, I do enjoy the show. 
I found that I'm enjoying second it more episode. for the yeah. By the end of the second episode, I enjoy it more for the actors because this is loaded with actors that I yeah. love. But I don't care for the people who they're portraying. Well, and they're like strong women. Yeah, which yeah. I kind of I dig that. So yeah, I like that part. But they're not good people. Like I don't feel like I've seen anything in any of these women or any of these characters yet that says you're a good person. But I mean, that might just be my, I got to get over this barrier of they're super rich, so they're terrible. I guess not all rich people are bad. I'm sure their secrets will come out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how the show goes. I like it so far. What do you think um, Rotten Tomatoes is on this so far? Oh, is there? I didn't yeah. even think there was one. Um, I mean, Ryan Murphy is hit or miss. So I feel like audiences love Ryan Murphy stuff more than critics usually do. So I'm going to put it somewhere in the eight, like 85. It's surprising. There's there's a there's an audience and a critics. Oh, well, really? Yeah, and it's that's quick. Seventy five for audiences or critics for critics. For critics. Okay, sixty one for audience. Interesting. I wonder if it's getting like you know when the things get gay bombed. Not, I mean, it's not that's not what it is, but like when conservatives give poor ratings to shows that involve gay people. Does it say how many ratings there are? It may, but I didn't write it oh. down. Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's. Like I said, he's a, he seems like he's a hit or miss. Like, people absolutely love what he does, or they don't like it. And even stuff that I liked of his, like, there's seasons of American Horror Story that I'm like, oh, that's a really good season. First season was incredible. First season's great. I love the second season more than I love the first season. And the second that's season- That's the Covenant? That's the, um, the one where she's the nun. Oh, Asylum. Yeah. Asylum, yeah. Um, I love that season, but it, it gets lower ratings than, than some of the others. I don't care- for um, the one where there's witches. Um, I don't either. I, Coven. Coven. I don't care for that one. And that's like the high, everybody loves that one. I don't, I don't, well, because I don't like uh, Emma Roberts, is it? Oh, I didn't really yeah. care for that. Yeah. Um, but like his um, American Crime Story, he did the OG, People versus O.J. Simpson, blew it out of the water. Critics, audiences, everyone loved that. The second one of that. Um, the Menendez Brothers, no? No, maybe it was the third one. Whatever the Bill Clinton, the the Monica Lewinsky one was, got terrible ratings. Oh, really? Terrible critic. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that one. So Hollywood either, was really good. Hollywood was good, but even Hollywood, I think, had a low tomato score. Really? Yeah, I don't think people dug it. We haven't. Did we cover Hollywood on this podcast? I don't think so. Hmm. We should talk about it. We can. Let's talk about it. I think we should do a Harvey Milk Day too. Oh. I just listened to. I'm uh, sorry, I kicked your camera. I will get a milk. <laughs> a milk wine. Um. <gasps> I just want to say, there's this thing going around on TikTok where you milk or you milk, where you mix wine with um, condensed milk, and they say it's amazing. So maybe I'll do that for Milk Day, huh? But we should watch a documentary, and yes, we'll watch milk. And we'll watch milk, and we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, maybe we should do a Gus Van Sant day. Well, just so many things coming this year. <laughs> um, I listened to the podcast, My Favorite Murder, and yeah. they did the they talked about the Harvey Milk. And that's what I was like, oh, we should totally cover this. Yeah, I'm totally down. When right. is Harvey Milk Day? There's a Harvey Milk Day. We'll yes. do it around then. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could do June. June? Yeah. That's a good time to do gay stuff. Yeah. We only Just in do, June. We only do gay stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How did that, that, that thought I know, escape the me? The look on your eyes, you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't think, I don't think he got my joke. <laughs> um, so we're... Do you want to do Anatomy of a Fall? I think that, oh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of at that spot. We're getting at that point where we're definitely going to go over if we talk about this movie. 
Um, Do we want to talk about it in a way that like that we don't take forty minutes? Yeah, sure. Because I definitely I do think that this is one of those movies where I don't want to give a lot away, right? Because it's it's it has it's it has one of those endings that um, that you need to watch the movie um, to get the ending. All right. Um, so we're not gonna we're not gonna reveal. We're not going to reveal the, the verdict. I don't know why I got all phlegmy there. Flaclent. We're not going to reveal the ending. Um, but we'll give a backstory. This is Anatomy of the Fall. It's been nominated for five Oscars. It's nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress. Um, so it's one that I, I that you need to watch. We'll talk about it briefly because the LGBTQ portion of it is, is very brief in the film anyway. Yeah. So, um, but the we, actresses... Is, I don't think uh, she is, oh, okay. but I'll look at it. I don't think she is, but she plays a bisexual character, um, Sandra Hewler. Um, one thing that I found interesting in this film that's not film related is the the couple, um, Sandra Hewler and the guy who plays her husband, his name in the movie is Samuel and his real name is Samuel and her name in the movie is Sa- Sandra and her real name is Sandra. So I don't know. <laughs> they probably just did that for ease. What what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did she say, "I really like your names. That's what these main characters' names are going to be?" Or did she write them and she's like, "It's serendipitous. This is your name." I think that their names were like Bill and Bertha. And then they hired these two people and they couldn't get the names right. And they were like, you know what? You just keep saying your real names anyway. Just I will not believe any other version that her name was supposed to be Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was a huge hit. Uh, it won the Palm Door uh, at Cannes Film Festival, which is the highest honor uh, at Cannes. Um, uh, one thing that I noticed about this, there's this is an overgeneralization, but there's two types of films that people make. You have action films, and I don't mean action films as an action. I mean action where stuff happens. Where things happen, yeah. And there's acting films where people talk about things that happen. This is an acting film. And I think it is, if you like acting films, this is one of the best acting films I've ever seen. It, this basically takes place in like two locations. Yeah. It's like, it's a court and yeah. it's a house. It's, and that's you're at it. the house, and then it's the it's a courtroom drama. And I love court. I love Law and Order. I love courtroom drama. So this is right up my alley. Yeah. Well, this is like as as courtroom drama as Europe can be. Like yeah. we're used to like American courtroom dramas where people are screaming at each other, and this is more like objection. I don't see why you had any objection. Oh, you're yeah. right. I I just shouldn't do that. Okay. I actually wrote this down because one of the biggest takeaways for this movie is I became intrigued how the French court system works because it's it does not operate the same way that an American court system does. Well, no, because they have like Santa Claus. They have what? Did you not see Santa Claus? (laughs) The the what do you what do they call the prosecutor? I don't know what they call him. I don't. But the prosecutor, he was like business in the front, Santa in the back. Oh, because he had on the red cape that had like a white fringe thing around it. Outside of the the decor, what they went the the, the costumes. But then the judge, what's the judge's name? I, or the, the judge that she looked like the 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 witch from Snow White with the apple. <laughs> she totally did. The costumes did not intrigue me for the courts. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought, and I googled this it's, because the U.S. and the U.K. use what's called common law system, and the French system uses civil law system. So um, the way like when you're in court in the U.S. and they're like, you know, um, in Brown versus education, they made this ruling. So this is why you should rule this way. They don't do that in France. They don't care how other judges rule. They're like, we're going based on this circumstance. 
I don't care what somebody said 50 years ago, which is kind of nice. You know, I don't I don't want you to base whether I'm guilty or not based on 200 year old laws that don't matter anymore or that some stupid judge, you know, misinterpreted. Moving to France. What I thought was really cool about the way that it worked is that you would interview um, a a witness mm-hmm. and then immediately interview the, the, the defendant. defendant. Yeah. And, and and there was a back and forth. And the defendant could talk to the interview interviewer and the interviewer or the person being interviewed. So the witness would talk to the the witness and the and the accused yeah, had everybody a back and forth. It. Yeah. And and I thought, what an effective way to just get to the bottom of something. Yeah. And one of the other things, because there's no jury box. So I was intrigued by this because there's a couple of points where they say, with the jury, it's like, where's the jury? I don't see the jury. In the French system, the jury is a panel of some of your peers and some judges. So everybody who's up on the judge dais, that's all the jury. Some of them are judges. Some of them are civilians. And they all... Yeah, like one of them was her lawyer, wasn't it? Like the not the guy, but the one somebody from the lawyer team. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's just very interesting, and that one of the that was one of the most interesting things about the film is learning how different the the French uh, law system is. Um. So uh, the movie it begins with uh Sandra Huller's character, and she's being in, she's being interviewed by a, a a student, a female student, and this rap music it's instrumental but it's the rap song p-i-m-p that just keeps getting blared over and over and over I, by her husband i was like i knew the premise of this is that her husband ends up dying yeah um from uh a fall or being murdered you don't know which um but when that music kept playing i thought Oh, she murders him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to murder him. I hated him. I was like, I he has not been on the screen yet. Yeah, and I hate him because he keeps blaring that same song on repeat. Yeah. So, um, the 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 as you said, the premise of it is her husband, his body is discovered by his son. His son is taking the dog out for a walk. Comes back, his dad's body's in the snow outside. And can I just interrupt one yeah. thing real quick? I, I know that I notice things that are ridiculous in movies um, that nobody else notices. But while she was inter- being interviewed, the kid was giving the dog a bath. Yes. So he gave the dog a bath to take it on a walk in the snow. Like, what? how torturous for this dog to be, like, wet and freezing <laughs> and just cleaned. Now let's go outside and get completely dirty. It made no sense to me. Yes. I believe. And here's just what I think. I think he washed the dog and he wasn't planning on taking the dog out. But when the music started, I think he thought, ah, oh, shit, there's going to be an argument. I need to get out of here. Well, that's not what he says in court. Well, he's obviously a liar. Um, so he leaves, comes back, sees the body. And the premise is, um, did he fall? Did he jump? Or was he pushed? Right. Was now, it did, an accident? Yeah. Did he mean to do it or did somebody kill him? Did he unalive himself, as the kids say? Um, or was there nefarious means involved? So um, she's the only one in the house at the time. She claims she went for a nap and um, that he... Throughout the course of it, there's discussions. Was he suicidal? Um, was there somebody else in the house? There's a lot of these theories that come up. Um, Which are really well built. So amb- am- it's amb- 
ambiguous ambiguous yeah, yeah thank you um i'm like ambidextrous no it's it's so like like it something pops up and you're like i don't know it could be true but it also sounds made up yes. like she's trying to the say in- like oh by the way yeah each side happened. would put something up and i was like mm, you're right that seems plausible and then the other side would be like no here's what we think i was like mm, they make a very good point <laughs> throughout the whole movie i don't know if she's guilty or not and i'm not we're not going to tell you if she's guilty you need to go watch the movie um but it and her i don't think she's going to win best actress but i would i would be happy if she did she because the the job she does in here is you don't you can't even tell in her acting like you can watch a scene thinking in your head she's innocent and she acts as if she's innocent but then if you go back and watch the scene and you're like in your mind you're like no she has to be guilty just the the way that she acts, it's like, oh, I can see that she's being manipul- manipulative here. And it's just the way you look at each scene, she could be either or. And to be able to play it so that you can yeah. watch it in two different ways that way. Right, because then just at so times talented. she admits that she's lying. And yes. then, you know, and you're like, well, then can you, are you just a real deceitful person? Like, you know, it's it's interesting because you could see, like, there was, yeah, like her in that first scene. Yeah. You know, was she being manipulative in that scene? And then it's just a very intriguing show. But I did think about you during this. Oh, thank um, you. And I wonder, because I wrote, I wrote, did you hate the sobbing child? Because <laughs> last week we talked, like you were so vehemently angry at this child actor I... and our son. So I wanted to see how you felt about this one. I hated this kid in the first 15 minutes. Because he wouldn't stop he... crying. Yes. He grew on me. In the longer the movie goes on, the better his acting gets. But also I start to realize that he's doing the same thing that Sandra Huller does. Is is he being truthful or is he being manipulative? Is he saying these things because he's trying to save his mom? Or is he saying these things because that's actually he just really can't remember how things were? And by the end of it, I don't know who's telling the truth. They all seem yeah. like they could be telling the truth. They all seem like they could be liars. I think that um, the that he's a gr- he's a great child actor. Yeah, I think by the end of this movie, I was like, wow, because you watch him completely like he he's he's just a blubbering mess because his father just died. But then he's got to deal with the fact that his mother's on trial for that murder, and he's yeah. trying to figure it out. He wants to know if his mom did this or whatever. But then, like his whole process. Uh, and what he does when he when he takes the stand, he's just great. But you honestly don't know if what if, you know if he's being truthful or not, or if he's trying to manipulate an outcome or not. Um, there is one scene I know that I probably was way more offended, not offended by the scene, but bothered me. I was like, I wrote, "Oh hell no!" I saw I wrote, "Hell no!" That thing scene with the dog. I was so upset about that. Um, oh yeah um and (laughs) i can't like i don't want to go into what happened or why it happened but i just when there's a when somebody harms an animal or like especially a dog in a Mm -hmm. movie i could get really mad about that and i was like what the you know what's funny when i saw that scene my first thought was he did it he did everything (laughs) (laughs) that son of a bitch did everything (laughs) I thought it was going to turn out to be like the good son and he was right. just going to be evil. Um, but yeah, I, I see what you, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't understand what was going on in that scene and I was like, what the 
fuck is wrong with this kid? Yeah, I was really, I was, I was like, no, no, no. And I was watching it by myself yeah. uh, at home, and I was yelling at the TV. I was like, no. I was like, if 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 what if what I think is about to happen happens, I don't know if I can watch the rest of this movie. Yeah. Uh, so I was not okay. Um, now there is one of the scenes um, because one of the things that leads to her being indicted or being uh, convicted, not convicted, indicted. Is that the right one I'm looking for? Which yeah, she's, she's brought on trial. She's arrested. Um, is that there's a recording that's found on her husband's computer. He recorded uh, an argument they had had. And in the movie, when they play that recording in court, they cut to that scene in the movie. And they're they're playing it out. Favorite scene in the movie. These it's two, so good. Oh, my God. These two are so good. But I just want to say, too, like, I wrote down, is that an argument? Like are they? Is that an argument? It sounds like a discussion. Like it's the most polite argument I've ever seen. In the until, beginning, <laughs> and, I, and then I, and then I went, oh, there it yes. is. Uh, but they didn't show any of that. Um, but it was really fascinating. I um, if I felt like the roles were reversed. I felt like she was taking on the position of what is traditionally seen as the argument for a man in a in a couple arguing, and he's like, you're not spending enough time and attention, and he's like, she's like. You're you're a man. If you want to do something, do it. It's such a well done yeah. movie, and it's so well written and everything. And so, like you know, the he he was seeing a therapist, and he's telling his therapist that his wife is stifling him and all this stuff. And so, like even so, like take that scene, and then the scene when when the the therapist is is um testifying. Yeah, and she's just like, what is this? What does this even mean? What you're saying? It doesn't matter what he says to you. Yeah. I could go to my therapist and say my husband's a loser, and then and then then that guy's going to show up in court, and then that's all that it is. That, I thought it was so good. That was driving me nuts because the the therapist was almost saying, almost telling her, "You didn't know him. I knew him." And I was like, "Dude, because you saw him once a week where he whined to you, doesn't mean you knew right. him." And people and tell their therapist what they want them yeah. to hear, and he kept pushing. And I was like, if you don't calm down, she's going to throw you out of a window. <laughs> he was so obnoxious. Yeah, but then – and then that scene, I, I got to tell you, I was just like – when she's just like, oh, no. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You, you, you want to write? Write. The only reason you're not writing is because you can't do it. And yeah. I was like, holy shit. And it was – I just was – on that that thing, I just kept thinking the whole time, that scene, I'm just like, I totally see her right now. Yeah. Um, what an interesting, what a great show. Yeah. She's actually um, was in the conversation for Best Supporting Actress for another movie she was in, Zone of Interest, which got also a Best Picture nomination. Um, so I definitely need to check that one out because um, um, if she's anywhere near as good in that movie as she is in this one, it's, it's going to be a fantastic film. Now, I don't know why I wrote this down, so I'm going to yeah. say it, and I don't know if you'll remember. I just wrote down two words. <laughs> I wrote down dead butt. Dead butt? Yeah. Was there anything like weird about his butt when he died and he was laying in the in the in the grass? Or in, in I don't, the, in I the don't snow? remember. I don't remember anything about his butt. Like I wonder butt. if his pants fell down and his butt was hanging out. I don't know. I just wrote dead butt. <laughs> Maybe that's just because they've been sitting. Oh, up. when they bring him in for the autopsy, then oh. they roll him over, you do see his ass. Yes. Oh, yeah. There you go. You see his dead I, butt. Dead butt. <laughs> Um, so highbrow, so proud of it. Um, all right, well, let's go. What do you think? Um, what do you think? Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, um, critics love this movie. This, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things from critics. So I'm gonna say like a 97. Um, audience, 
I'm going to say the only ones who are going to write a review about this are film nerds who actually went and saw this movie. So I'm going to say uh, 92. Well, you're a one-off in the same direction on both of them. 96, oh. 91. Oh. I liked a little more than everyone else. I really... <laughs> I really liked it. Yeah, it's definitely a worth great a watch. Movie. I'll tell you, it's it's interesting because it's two and a half hours long, mm-hmm. and Dick's the musical is an hour and forty minutes long, and that this seems so much longer. <laughs> Dick's the musical felt like twice as long yeah. as this two and a half hour long. Speaking movie. of which, we did talk about Dick's the musical last week. Uh, we both paid to see it on video on demand. For those who don't want to pay for it. Uh, four days after we reviewed it, it was released on Max. So. That's right. We had we had fucked by dicks <laughs> twice. So if you don't want to pay the move, pay the money for that movie, um, because you think that you're gonna hate it as much as we did. You know, I read a, a interview with um Megan Maloli talking about that movie, and she said she feels it was the greatest thing she ever worked on. Oh my god, did she watch it? <laughs> Maybe the experience was. Now, I, when I read that, I was like, mm, now I see why Deborah Messing doesn't talk to you. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, do you want to give a little cap of what we're going to do? Yes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't bring my calendar here. I'm not going to remember the name of this. I'm going to call um, it Narnia, but it's not. No, it's Nimona, um, which is nominated for Best Animated yeah. uh, Feature at the Oscars. We're going to watch that. It's on Netflix. Yeah, and we're going to watch that because... Because we got feedback, our first fan submission. Feedback, yes. uh, feedback works, and so somebody asked us to talk about it, so we're going to do yeah. it next week. Um, so uh, that's on Netflix, so watch that if you haven't already, if you want to keep up feud. with us. We're we'll going to talk about the latest episode of Feud, and then leading up uh, March... 10th is the Academy Awards. Um, so we're going to try to hit all of the um, LGBTQ focused, whether they have characters or themes, um, films that are up for nominations. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about that. We've got uh, Poor Things coming up. We've yep. got... Um, we're doing Poor Things, but we're doing Poor Things right before. What's the yes. one that we're doing? All all of Us Strangers. or all of I think that's what it's called, the Adam um, Scott one. Um, yeah, we're going to do it, that, even though it's not nominated. It's not. It should have been. We're going to do it anyway. From what I hear, I haven't seen it. But I have here, it should have been nominated. But, but I feel we're like there's something else one. the week before that that we're doing. Uh, I could be wrong. Anyway. Nimona? There's something between Nimona and all the all of us strangers. <gasps> American Fiction. Yes. There you go. We're yeah. going to talk about American Fiction. Um, Sterling K. Brown plays a gay character in that movie, and he is up for Best Supporting Actor, and that's up for... Like five or six awards also. So um, we'll be checking that one as well. All right. So got lots coming up. So make sure you get caught up. We're also going to be doing a kind of an Oscar ballot with ourselves to, to uh, see what we play along. Win. And you should play along. So we should do a contest and give like a $5 well, a Starbucks card for whoever wins. Oh, $10. Come on. Come on. At least let them get a grande. <laughs> Um, So maybe what I'll do is I'll do like a little wine, wine, not Oscar ballot, and we'll put it up on our social media so people can uh, submit who they think is going to win as well. And uh, we'll have a little watch party. Mm. Um, But uh, until then, I think uh, think we're good for this episode. So uh, the cork is back in the bottle.